Well, hello there again. And today is the second interview in my live recorded podcast episode for my newly renamed podcast, The Built Environment Marketing Show. So as you may know, having a podcast name tied to the economy was no longer fun. So I wanted to change things up a bit. So that's why I wanted to celebrate having a new name for my podcast and this season of interviews beginning. Today's episode was recorded live on LinkedIn and I'm talking to Leonie Thomas from Red Jasper Consulting. So we are also taking questions and comments from the floor. So that's what we're referring to during the episode. Anyway, on with the show. Hello and welcome to the latest, I guess, edition, episode, I don't know, of the Built Environment Marketing Show here on LinkedIn. And I am your host, Ayo Abbas. And again, if you are joining me live, you know, please say something in the comments, either where you're calling from, not calling for, watching from even, uh, or I don't know, what you're having for lunch even? I'd be quite interested. Um, <laughs> and uh, today... Um, it's day two of my LinkedIn Live podcast interviews, and we are looking at work winging, work winging, work winning. Oops, I've just realised I've got the wrong title at the top. Work winning and networking. So ignore the title at the top. I'll change that. Uh, and as the market gets tougher, what are some of the ways that you can be in a better position to win work? So today, my special LinkedIn Live guest is with the lo- lovely uh, Leonie Thomas, who actually I've known for quite a few years mainly from LinkedIn and stuff like that haven't I yeah 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 I was thinking before where did we meet I can't remember I think it might have been Twitter you know yeah probably what your social channels wasn't it because you're yeah definitely I'm not (laughs) but we always started chatting and stuff like that so yeah see social does work um and today we are kind of having a bit of a kind of tactical I'm going to call it a BD and work winning uh deep dive into putting your best business foot forward to win work which I think is going to be more and more important as we go forward. Um, so, Leonie, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Um, hello, everybody. My name is Leonie, Leonie Thomas, and I am a bid consultant. I've been working really for about 20 years in the, in the work-winning sector, specifically around infrastructure and construction. So it's something I'm really passionate about, helping people to win contracts, helping them to do that efficiently. Um yeah, and I've been through many, um, many, I don't know, many journeys, many evolutions. Iterations. It is, yeah, <laughs> different iterations of myself and, and how we do it. And I've seen the process develop a lot as well. So, uh, yeah, happy to talk about all that today with you. Fantastic. And you've just set up your own, an, a slightly different entity for yourself, haven't you? Or I saw one on LinkedIn, obviously. I've not spoken yeah, to you about it. Yeah, well... Um, I don't know specifically which one you mean because I do a couple of different things. But, um... <laughs> I was talking about the, the consulting practice you've set up, which is an MD, yeah. and I saw that in September. Yeah, one of the things I really want to help with is helping smaller organisations within the industry to pitch efficiently um, for work to help them to, to win those contracts. Uh, it's really important. Um, it is a game, and if you don't know the rules of the game, then you're going to struggle to do it. And um, I know that I can help people to do that effectively. I love that. Navigate the rules of the game. Nice. Yeah, it is. It is a game. Would you agree? I do, and also it's a it's an ever evolving game. It is. It like is the, evolving. The, yeah. the, the barrier from like five years to now is different, right? And I. I think very it's always progressing. And it's like, you know, I mean, I don't really do that many bids. Like we said before, I don't do that many bids anymore. But when I used to, you could see how things were progressing. 
every year everyone was getting more up to speed and the, and, and the goalposts move and I think that's the thing about bidding and we, a work we in where it's more people clock on to what they need to do fantastic thank you thank you um so we've got people we've got stacy from sunny stockwell or not so sunny stockwell which is down the road from me so yeah i know it's not sunny uh katrina katrina hello it's not sunny in hampshire either barry reed who's in scotland that's brilliant i know so all, all over the country i kind of like that right okay so first question for you so what can practices implement in terms of work winning to now to position themselves to win more in the future I think or it's not even in the future actually to win more now yeah well just to win more I think I think there's a couple of things I think the first thing is a sort of shift in mindset from um reacting to bid opportunities they as they come in they should be more considered and they should be responded to rather than reacted to as they as they come in so that's that's one of the first things I would say and then I also think there is a longer term piece around developing relationships and understanding who it is that you want to work with and for um, and developing relationships with those people. I think the relationship piece is really, really key. And actually, it will it will define whether a bid is successful or not. Yeah. And then secondly or thirdly, um, I think there's a lot around collateral to develop so that you're bid ready when an opportunity comes in so have you got all that information that you need to be able to put a pitch together efficiently or is there work to be done there um and that can be case studies it can be cvs it can be the sort of stuff that you know you and i might write or work on together but it's also the organizational stuff like accounts insurances policy documents are they to hand or do they need to be developed or do you need to get the right sort of things in place all of that needs to be considered before you even think about responding to a a bid it's actually getting your house in order right (laughs) yeah absolutely and it's it's actually I would say it's the most important part of the job like responding to a bid or doing a bid that's really it's like the icing on the cake or the cherry on the cake whatever you want to say but it's very much the last part of the process um the more important work happens far further upstream it's understanding what your um what your kind of sector goals look like what you know what your business plan looks like how bids fit into that and then being very very strategic about the people that you meet who you speak with um how you're influencing the market in terms of maybe award submissions or pr or you know a lot of the stuff that you do with clients um and how you can marry those up so that when the bid actually comes out it's you're going to be successful at it because you've done the work and you've got the visibility for doing that work Absolutely, as well. yeah i think that's yeah, yeah. a lot how it marries yeah. together is that visibility yeah. of oh you're really known for this how are you supporting that in terms of your marketing and then how that influences your bid and how you take that through but i think um i was interested in your first point where you spoke you spoke about uh, whether or not you're responding to a bid or reacting to a bid yeah I think, and i think there's a difference um yeah. I've seen, I suppose in my career, I've seen a lot of reacting to bids. So you will find something that's come through on OGO or on one of the portals or, you know, some other um, opportunity. Random where everybody sees it, yeah. Yeah. 
And, you know, it might tick a couple of boxes in terms of maybe value or it's the right client or it's the right location or right kind of work or whatever, but you've not planned to bid for that and you've not actually planned for that in your pipeline of work or, you know, where you thought work was going to come from. To me, that's reacting to an opportunity rather than responding. So responding is something that's far more considered. Um, You've been tracking it for a while. You know the right people. You've got the right relationships. You've got absolutely the right um creds credentials as we'd say you know the right sort of experience the right sort of team with the right skills and you know all of all of that so it's a lot more considered and you've taken your time you've done the planning ahead of time those bids are far more successful yeah I mean I guess I mean for me one of the most kind of successful I guess, bids and kind of capture and all of that kind of stuff, the front end looking at where you want to be. I remember sitting in a meeting with a client, not a client, actually, when I was working in-house. And we had a meeting where we had like, these are the top 10 projects we want to win in the next five years. And I mean, they were massive projects. But it meant that the marketing plan that I was doing had to align to those clients and what they needed, even though those bids would be longer term. But it's understanding how those clients, what's driving them, what they're talking about. And those are the types of campaigns you start developing. And it's having them in the back of your mind and having that list and actually going, this is where we're heading to. And it's like, I guess it's your north your north light. That's your guiding light that, that you follow. So yeah, that does completely make sense in terms of actually doing that front end work to really understand who the clients well, it, are, what yeah, the projects I mean, are. It, it drives consistency, doesn't it, between... Yeah yourself uh business development people whoever's responsible for that and then people like me who are actually responding to the actual bid documents when they when they come to market it just makes sure everyone's consistent and on the same page and we're saying the right things and you've done the right things to support the right things that i'm going to do in the bid you know it's it just makes sense doesn't it i don't think we think enough like that i guess is it is it easier for smaller companies to do? Because I've done it in massive companies, admittedly. So I don't know, yeah. like for smaller companies, can they do that on a smaller scale? Sorry, I'm slightly going off my question. <laughs> um, I don't know. Let's ask the audience if there's any smaller smaller organisations and how they might co- coordinate that work. I think that'd be interesting okay. to know. If there is, let me know. Because I, really, I am interested in that because it's one of those where I'm like, I'm not sure. Okay, so... Um, I was going to say, what other tactics can companies employ to be better prepared for more opportunities when they land? So is that more about what you said about having your house in order in terms of your case studies and and all of that kind of information? Is there anything else you could do in terms of maybe skills for your staff or anything like that? Yeah, I think there's a few things. I think one, having a clear process, like how how does bidding look to your to your business? Um, who does what as well what's the roles and responsibilities around it Um, I think I can't I can't emphasize enough how getting the right content together before you do it is really important it'll save you a whole lot of time because we're often creating bid content aren't we as we're bidding something which actually accounts for all the time you know it's not anything else that you're doing it's actually it's writing the words um, that meets the criteria so there's there's that and having the right having the right relationships in place and you know having a commitment yeah. to it i was talking to someone a few weeks ago about i think the importance of uh, mindset around bidding and work winning because it is such a demanding environment isn't it so how it do is. you get your team whoever's involved in bids to focus and be committed to winning um rather than thinking 
this is awful. I feel victimised. How can we get teams to think differently about it? Is there any answers? (laughs) (laughs) I think firstly... Where's the magic sauce? This is the (laughs) way. Well, I think firstly it's it's acknowledging that it is possible. Um, I know that, I think I probably discussed it with you, but I've obviously studied mindset in quite some detail over the last five years or so. Yeah. And then applied that to to bidding. I mean, obviously the sort of stuff I work on now is tends to be the, the really big infrastructure projects that, you know, it's very pressurized, isn't it? But all of that work is pressurized because you're all on a deadline. But I realized that when I started to apply mindset to that sort of scenario, um totally changed how I felt about it like I felt energized rather than depleted um I really enjoyed it you know I just the quality of my work really changed the amount of time it took me to do stuff really changed like it reduced and I just find that really interesting and it's something that I think we should explore more as a as a as a big discipline actually it's really interesting that's definitely it is interesting. but I yeah. think so what how do things did you change in your mindset personally? Sorry, if you don't mind me asking. Yeah. Um, what was your shift? Was it around looking at or how you how you was, did bidding? Yeah, whole loads of things really. Firstly, it was um, choosing to enjoy a very difficult experience because it, it can be very demanding. So you choose to enjoy it. Yeah. And um, choose to enjoy you know stretching your skills or learning something new or whatever be more um, curious and things like that yeah be more curious and yeah. yeah exactly and um kind of being committed to the subject matter so I mean I deal with a lot of construction engineering all of that sort of stuff you've got to have a passion for it I think yeah I love it <laughs> yeah I and I love it as well and it's it's a choice isn't it we've chosen to love yeah. it um so I mean I always say to other people like it's not really an industry to go into if you don't think you'll enjoy that or you can't really get into it so it's yeah. choosing to to really love the subject matter um it was also choosing to see time in a different way and be more um i won't use the word strict but something about just being structured about the use of time so you know figuring out in the week when the best times were for doing that very very deep writing work for me it's getting to my desk very early in the morning um but that wouldn't work for everybody so it's just working out for yourself when it works for you um and then deciding you know making a commitment to yourself I'm going to finish at five o'clock and then I'm going to make my dinner or whatever it is I'm going to do and then I don't do any more work then for the evening so I'm not doing massive massive days like I used to do um but it's also being committed to not being distracted by your phone and all of that sort of stuff and, and encouraging people you work with to put time in the diary rather than ring up, you know, yeah. unscheduled because that can be a, a very big distraction as well. So it's just becoming yeah. aware of all this stuff. And, you know, I just started to enjoy my work a lot more. And then that's that shows in your work basically right and all those things you're delivering so yeah that, that does make sense yeah in a, in a in a nice way though like not in a I don't know I just I'm at a stage at the moment where I, I kind of I, it, it happens very easily not in a not in such an easy way that you become complacent not at all but just there's no struggle with it you can just deliver excellence in a really um straightforward enjoyable way it means you're rocking well done um, <laughs> 
it's taken a long time though do you know what I mean and I've and like, no, like, it does. Just, like I said to you at the start like I've been through many iterations in this career many 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 and I, I'm kind of at a place now where I really love it and I'm really sort of passionate about it yeah, I, but yeah. you found that you found your sweet spot and the things that work, right? And that you yeah, know it's, that it's taken twenty years. Yes, I'm the same. Don't worry about it. <laughs> people are like, people are like, oh, how do you write all this stuff for LinkedIn or know all this stuff? And it's like, I've done this a long time, a long time, <laughs> yeah, a long time. But you do, and you learn it. You learn as you go, and you pick up skills as you go. And there's a reason that you know I can sit there and write a post in a you know in a short period of time, or go, that's the opportunity, that's the media angle. It's like I started off in PR, or like you know, it's like. And you build up all these different experiences and sector knowledge that that you take with you. And I think you're right. And then you you understand what works and what doesn't work for different audiences. And you build up that kind of DNA, don't you? And you start to understand. So, yeah, definitely. And moving on to uh, proposals and winning ones. Um, any tips on what to draw out in proposals to make them, I guess, win? Well, it's, it's a very simplistic response to that question. But I'd just say answer what you've been asked. I mean, <laughs> I... You know, I review and I edit a lot of stuff and uh, it's it's interesting how much um, responses often can deviate from the original question. Um, yeah. I guess I guess the answer to that is like you need to be disciplined and just have a clear idea, you know, where you're going with that response. I, I kind of laugh about it really because... Um, my skills in many many ways I sort of learned them when I was doing my A-levels at school and and in some ways I've not really ever needed any more than that but you know I remember my history teacher at A-level sort of teaching us how to write an essay and you'd start with the intro and sort of where you wanted to take it and I just really follow the same sort of format now I just and and I stick to the question stick to the question but you also you want to really be demonstrating to your client why you're the right fit, why you're the, not yeah. even the right fit, you're the perfect fit. You, you know, they couldn't deliver this job without you and they, and they shouldn't even think of trying. You know, you need to make that compelling argument. And we do that by, you know, linking those key strengths up or, um, you know, kind of buying into their aspirations or whatever and, and sort of telling them how you're going to help them to to deliver it, whether it's building or design or engineering, what, whatever discipline it is. Um, I can help you do that and this is how I'm going to do it and even yeah. better this is where I did it before and even the better than that yeah, yeah even better than that here's the actual people who did that before and look what an amazing job they did so and that, that's, that's what you do. do yeah it's just it's it's building that compelling argument isn't it yeah and you build on it and I like, I like the way the building of it you're right you build it into that story don't you and that narrative I and mean, then at the end you just kind of summar- summarize it again isn't it and then there you go and that's your answer but I think the other thing I always found really useful doing proposals was actually when you're kind of writing your answer always have like the marking criteria nearby because then you kind of understand I always do a sense check with that to make sure have I covered off the kind of key areas and checking points that they have even as I'm writing, because I always find that makes me go, okay, I think I've missed those bits out. Is that really relevant? And, mm. and you can also use that as a sense check. So that's something I always do yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, there's different ways to use the marking criteria. I know people, for example, that use, that, like if, if it's a point or four points, they want to make four different points in their response. Oh, wow. I, I don't know if I'm <laughs> ever that complex. No. <laughs> I'll just say what needs to be said. But I, that isn't to say that that other risk approach isn't valid. Like it probably it, it is. 
it is it's just I don't I wouldn't do that I just may, maybe focus on what I need to say but um yeah definitely definitely always look at the marking criteria because it'll give you an idea of what's the client thinks important here what's important to them okay Mike readers just said ATFQ I have no idea what that means what does that mean um unless it's a swear word it means, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's entirely right <laughs> What it does means that mean? answer, it means answer the question. Oh, basically. sorry, I hate you, swear word. That's me coming. I don't know what that is. Cheers, Mike. Um, <laughs> Trust him. I, I know. I just got it. But yeah, I did. Now, okay. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> it caught me out that one. Uh, okay, so in terms of. <laughs> Uh, aside from proposals, you are also a super connector and a kind of really good networker. And you taught me a lot as well when I was starting out. So any tips on kind of getting started in terms of networking online? Let's start, start there and then we'll move to face-to-face. Yes. And then you do both. So it, it, this is really interesting, actually, because it's a concept in a way of sort of working that I wish I had understood better earlier in my career. And the reason I say that is because the more people you know, the more opportunities that will come your way because people just know you. And one way of kind of creating those opportunities is by creating some sort of niche for yourself as well. So, so my, my niche, for example, is like, you know, I'm a, I'm a bid consultant, I'm a bid writer, I work in construction and infrastructure. There's not many of me around. Um, (laughs) So it it keeps me front of mind with people, you know, if they have an opportunity. So it's, it's, it's a great thing to do, but it's, it's really interesting. A couple of years before, actually, this is how you and I met. A couple of years before lockdown, I would just approach people, interesting people on LinkedIn and Twitter and say, would you like to have a digital coffee? That's what I was yes. calling it. An actually, online group. And that was how you and I yeah, that's how you yeah. and I met. So actually this illustrates the point, doesn't it? I would recommend if there's somebody interesting that you see online, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, TikTok's my favorite thing currently, whatever the medium is, it doesn't matter. But approach them. Some people might ignore you. That's absolutely fine. But, you know, just approach them to have like get half an hour in their diary and, and have a chat about what it is that they do and, you know, what their goals are and, you know, how the pair of you might be able to work together. Are there contacts yeah. you could share? Are there introductions you could make for each other? Are there ways to keep in touch? It's, yeah, super, super useful. And I don't think we, we use it enough. No, I, and actually, I mean, over lockdown, that like, really did come into the fore, or virtual coffees, as I was calling them afterwards. But like, you're <laughs> right, and it was a great way to connect with people because everyone was at home, everyone was open, and you're right to build those relationships online and and start conversations because I think there is, you know, there's one thing having a face on social media, i.e., you know, visibility, but actually, the real business is done offline, isn't it? It's done. A kind of one-to-one conversations which are, can be virtual conversations but more on that I think I think that's yeah, when you have sure, the real, yeah, the yeah, real yeah. in-depth conversations and more done yeah. in that way yeah. definitely um so actually TikTok you just said TikTok there what are you seeing on TikTok it, what are you TikTok. doing I just, I just adore it I find it so educational I only ever see wholesome content in my feed though so that must mean I'm a wholesome person <laughs> Um, I, I never see anything mean or nasty ever. Yeah. So 
I don't know, maybe that I just find it educational and it's like little mini windows on the world. Like you can look at all sorts of people doing all sorts of things all over the world. And I just find it fascinating. Are you I, prefer, seeing... I prefer it to TV. Oh, I prefer podcasts to TV. So I like this. Well, and, I, and I, I love podcasts as well, of course. <laughs> Mine especially. Um, so are you seeing any kind of construction firms on there? There's starting to be a few, but not that many yet. Are you seeing many? No, not enough. I tell no, you what I do look at a lot, um, things like interior design. It's amazing for, like, especially residential construction and interior design. It's it's, it's awesome for that. Um, yeah. And I, I read somewhere that actually next year it's going to be, like, the second largest search engine in the world. I think it's TikTok. actually, I think it may have already, I think it's already, already. Yeah, I yeah. think it's happened, like, this month. See, that's like just, that. I think it's that's, just incredible, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. It's not just it's not just a social media channel now. People are using it for search. No, it's, and I think I, once I, it starts I, doing that, it's just absolutely. like absolutely, it's just awesome. And I just learn so much stuff and just have a look at so much stuff. So yeah. TikTok. <laughs> it's not awesome. just for kids, you know. I was gonna say I tend to just post videos of my son walking around development. <laughs> um <laughs> that's what we do for fun. Uh anyway, so any advice in terms of because I know you also do quite you do like you run a face to face face to face but you know in person yeah networking I've got a group. couple of networking teams yeah I mean that's been like a big that's been a big pivot if you like or a big iteration over the last couple of years yeah. um and and actually I wouldn't be able to do that had I not shifted my mindset around bidding and time and all of that sort of stuff the two things are definitely connected but yeah um networking I think if you if you're in construction or the industries that we work in my advice would be to find a more specific uh event to go to um I mean I run kind of more generalist networking teams where what I do is really quite niche compared to what they do but it's always handy to know a copywriter that that specializes in that or a solicitor who's local or accountants you know that that sort of thing so it's great for knowing your local community rather than yeah. specifically finding work it's also an amazing any... way to sort of develop some skills as well great personal development opportunity i was going to say because you're connecting people i was going to say are there any tips for anyone who wants to get started into in terms of more face-to-face networking if, if you want to get going and go actually this is like i need to do more of so I would say everyone should do it. Like You don't have to do it every week, but kind of make a goal of saying, right, I'm going to go to an event once a month yeah. um, and then try and expand your network by one person every week because being able to draw on that network at all kinds of random times is actually very, very valuable and you'll never know when you might need it. Yeah. I think one of the tips I had as well from a coach, I think at one point was, I mean, I actually I don't always love face-to-face networking like you always kind of sit there and go do I really want to do this um so but what I do do is like so sometimes if I don't really want to be somewhere then I sort of give myself a goal of just go in and say hi to three people and that's my target it doesn't have to be anything major do you know what I mean because there are days and I'm like I'd rather be at home behind my laptop because it's easier um so yeah that's one of the kind of things I end up doing but yeah any more tips around how to not Oh, well, worried. firstly, I'd say there's loads of online networking opportunities. So if you're if you're not if you're not if you're not an extrovert, and I think that's what the difference is, it's introverts and extroverts. If you're more of an introvert, then there's loads of online stuff. But if you're an extrovert or you want to try face to face networking, just go along and be yourself. Um, yeah, 
and make the effort to sort of speak to people. I guess it's really easy to sort of stand by the drinks, isn't it, and try and disappear if you're not feeling that. If <laughs> you're not food. feeling, yeah, all the food. I love doing. <laughs> if, not, if you're not feeling that confident, but um, I guess what I would do is look, find an event that's going to teach you something. At the very least, go with the the intention of maybe learning something and yeah. making a couple of contacts so then your time's not completely wasted is it and you've got a kind of desire to sort of be there and um pay attention to what's going on um you don't necessarily need printed business cards anymore there is an app called blink b-l-i-n-q uh okay. where you can put an electric like a digital um you know, business card in, so you can show you details like that. So all of this sort of stuff. And just go with a good attitude. Yeah, the mindset go, again. Go, with some, that, go for it? something that is going to interest you. You want to go and learn something or meet some relevant people. Like, just, yeah. do, just do that and don't be scared. As I say, last week, my networking thing was to go to a talk about Crossfell, which was brilliant, by the way, by oh, Mark Wilde. Oh, I'm, I'm so oh, envious. That sounds amazing. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, was the, the, um, at the Royal Society of Engineering, so it was a beautiful okay. place to be anyway. Oh, no, and that they sounds kind of amazing. Talk. It was. I'll send you the link afterwards, actually. There's, there's, a, live, there's a link to it. Um, but, yeah, that was fascinating, talking about – he talked about leadership and kind of – all the kind of leadership lessons learned from you know all the change and the things that kind of didn't go to plan and all that kind of stuff so really fascinating no, that know. sounds like an am- yeah exactly so go to something like that because it will interest you yeah exactly because i can sit there like a geek and then afterwards I, when i do write on social media it's like under their post it's like hi i was there you know so it's true um so uh next question is, <laughs> so what should you do in terms of follow-up follow-up so i've been to that you know cross rail talk last week which i did what should i be doing in terms of follow-up when i get home or it's interesting or actually a follow-up or taking action is the bit that people often don't do so you get the card or you make that introduction or you you know you have a chat yeah. or whatever get the details off them um connect with them and f- and follow up with a with a note or a message you know if you connected in the room that could be just like your one digital coffee for this week, couldn't it? Yeah. Or if they're more local, then you could maybe go and meet them for a coffee or a brew. People are time pressed though, aren't they, these days? So but yeah, it's a bit what, different. Yeah, it might not be that you, you end up in a conversation, but really where you want to get to is understanding what it is they want and how you can help them. What are their goals? How can you help them? And then they will naturally ask the other way. So you're not giving to get that's not the point at all but you're having a conversation with the point of understanding what it is the other person wants and and how we really you can help them to to achieve that yeah it's kind of interesting because like I mean the fact we just talked about that crossfire thing now I'll send you a link after this call but you know like it's things like that isn't it or you think oh I saw that they might be interested in something I always think sometimes you read something after you've met somebody or you think oh that's a piece of information I can share it's it's that kind of you're there, you're not uh, expecting yeah. anything from them, but it's that no, kind exactly. of thing as well, isn't but, it? But do it all the time because it's a great way of staying in touch and staying in front of mind without actually wanting something or yeah. expecting something. Yeah, it's just a really simple way of sharing information, being valuable, being useful to your own network and, and kind of looking after your network as well. So, okay, my last question on this bit is actually, so how much networking should I be doing? I know that's a bit of a how long's a piece of string. Well, question, so yeah, I think I think it's I think it's different for everybody. I think extroverts have got more of an appetite for it, 
um, introverts, I think we need to manage our energy a little bit more. So we probably want to do a little bit less. Do as much as what feels right and comfortable to you. Um, yeah. Target the right sorts of events. Um, never discount somebody because you think they're not going to be useful to you. That's totally the wrong thing to be doing. And can be exceptionally um, rude when people do that. Yeah, but it, it happens. It happens it a lot. It does happen. Yeah. They go, oh, you work in marketing? And they just walk off and you're like... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, just... I know. <laughs> it's quite rude. <laughs> <laughs> well, just make sure that you're not doing that in to, to other people. You know, be interested in what other people are, are doing. Um and and I you know what, if you set a goal of meeting one new person every single week for a year, you know, it's fifty-two new people, isn't it, that you've met? Yeah. So, you know, that that's expanding your network by quite a bit. And then how many people do they know and how many people do they know? You know, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, doesn't it, your network? Yeah. Absolutely. No, that is a good point and a good way. Like you say, the mindset. I guess you're breaking it down into those little goals. Meeting one person a week is not huge doesn't seem it doesn't seem like a big goal does it but it actually when you magnify it and look at it overall it, it no, does it does build yeah it doesn't but if you're if you're maybe more of an introvert or you know if I think about where I was at the start of my networking journey the the mindset shift I've had to go through about making carving out more time and um being able to approach people and setting the time out to have those meetings and all of that sort of stuff and being sort of committed to that really and understanding what I'm doing it for you know that that journey has been significant more than just meeting one person every week for a chat (laughs) that's so true all right so my final question in this in this kind of episode is so a quick fire round so you've already talked about no, it's not quick fire. Don't worry. You just—it was in—it was in the brief. You should have the answers. Um, so it was a question about tools and resources. I know you already talked about Blink, which is a business card tool, which you talked about with the yeah, Q. yeah, yeah, yeah. Blink, uh, yeah. Are there any other kind of tools or resources that people could use that's low cost or free um, that would really help them in terms of either bidding or networking? So I—I I am a big fan of Office three six five. You know, I just—I just think it works for what for what we need it to do and I've been yeah. using the online like the browser version to and f- for the calendar and sort of fixing it so that I can have tasks and put them directly into my diary so I know exactly what I should be doing every day on. and everything's done and I am loving that right now it's just so kind of organized and efficient um it's also amazing for collaborating with people you know in in the same documents so yeah, it is a bit of a shout out for Microsoft, I guess, but I do, I do, <laughs> I like, I do love it. No, I, I do love it. It's just so efficient it and works. it just yeah. works. Um, WhatsApp, I do I do adore WhatsApp. I might not read what, all my messages. Do you use it for work? Yeah, yeah. Like little teams for um, bid yeah. teams and all that, groups of bid teams, all of that sort of stuff, yeah. Ah, got, I see. Because uh, I, I, I personally just use that for personal, but that's because I yeah oh okay <laughs> it's only because i've got so many channels that people talk to me on that you know like some of them you're like oh, some <laughs> yeah no I, I do understand that i do understand that i mean i always say to people as well like email me by all means but if you want me to sort of see something or respond whatsapp me that's the most effective way of getting hold of me because ah, i just okay. i feel tyrannized really by email 
do you? I guess it's so yeah, many of them. I do. Ah! Yeah, too yeah. many, too many. You know, and then not only am I expected to read them, but I need to action something as well. It's too much. <laughs> and you also need to probably scroll through a ton of them to find the actual action. So that's it. <laughs> So it's like, where is it? What am I meant to do? Was it someone yeah. else? Yeah, so actually, that's been one of the big sort of friction points around carving time out in the day, structuring my day, and then getting emails done. Yeah. Because actually delivering the work is far more important, but then obviously you can miss stuff if you're not if you're not on top it's of hard. your emails. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Balance, so I, I, am, I am looking for what the, um, what the solution there is, because there, anyway, there will be wants- one. I don't know what it is, but if someone can tell us, that'll be great. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for being an awesome guest, Leonie. And where can people find out more about you? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Try start on LinkedIn. That's a good place to start. <laughs> She's like, I'm there once a week. <laughs> well, no, just to put everybody in the picture. Like, I have had COVID over the last couple of months, and it's it's honestly, it's been quite brutalizing in a way um so I have had a bit of a digital detox um not really through choice but yeah LinkedIn is a good place to start I was only teasing I promise (laughs) (laughs) anyway thank you so much for being an awesome guest and I'll put links in the show notes so that people can find your LinkedIn and find out more about you and the fantastic stuff that you do thank you so much Jenny take care bye bye Thanks so much for listening to the Built Environment Marketing Show. Don't forget to check out the show notes, which will have useful links and resources connected to this episode. You can find that on abassmarketing.com. And of course, if you like the show, please do share it with others on social as it helps more people to find us. See you soon.